Welcome back, my fellow creatives, to Story Cuppings, where we'll take a sip from a story of fantasy and see if it fits the taste of you picky readers and working writers out there. Today, as we are wrapping up June here, I thought I'd take a look at Infinity Sun by Adam Silvera. And I'm going to admit that while the cover is a very fancy pants, uh, the premise here is what really got me. And it, on, it's on a personal level. Uh, I flipped it back, look at the back cover, and it says, One brother is the chosen one. The other has to make a choice. So it's a story of two brothers. And, I, and being the parent of twin boys that I am, it was like, ooh, story about boys. Because <laughs> life with boys is unique. <laughs> and when I took a peek at the uh, blurb on the dust, ja dust jacket, and saw that they were indeed twins, that, that got me. I had to try this book out and see if this story's approach with twin protagonists can continue to engage one who has had quite the interaction with twins. <laughs> so let's open this up and try this first chapter. Chapter one, brothers. And we see one of the brothers' names, so we must be in their perspective, Emil. So we are Emil's point of view here. I'm dead set on living my one life right, but I can't say the same for my brother. No one's expecting Brighton to be full grown when we turn 18 at midnight, but he needs to step it up. Long gone are those days where we were kids acting like we have powers, like all these celestials roaming the streets tonight. Their lives aren't all fun and games, but he stays ignoring the dark headlines we see every day. I can't get him to see the truth, but I can check myself. I'm done dressing up as the heroic spellwalkers for Halloween, and I'm done watching celestials and creatures wrestle in steel cages with their natural-born powers. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So there's a lot to unpack here on this first page, because that, that, that's one page right there. So we have a clear sense of, yes, twin brothers. And the, I don't want to say sarcastic, but we definitely have this sense of, oh, these boys aren't going to be, <laughs> aren't going to live to see their whatever birthday, which is something I have said as a parent of my own sons. So again, I am connecting, but that is also me as a parent. And I would hope that any young male readers could connect on that level as well. And female readers, too, of course. Any reader who knows the spunky, fearless, oh my heavens, why can't you tone it down <laughs> kind of person. We, we understand the soul. We understand. Especially when one is trying to keep the other from 
doing something dumb. I've seen that too. <laughs> um, so we can we can relate to this kind of protagonist. At least in this first page, we understand where this person is coming from. We're also getting a bit of world building here because who are these heroic spellwalkers? Who are these celestials and creatures with natural born powers? Something's going on here, but we don't yet know or understand where we are or when we are. So we still are missing a lot of information, but we are intrigued. We want to know what's going on because while we have a very relatable narrator in this protagonist Emil, we are not in a relatable setting as of yet. So let's turn the page and see what else we can learn. I got to chill because we're close as hell. Don't get me wrong. You step in his face and you'll find me in yours, even though I can't swing bones for the life of me. But man, there's been a few times I wondered if we're actually twins, like maybe Brighton got switched at birth or is secretly adopted. That nonsense no doubt comes from all the comics about chosen ones I've read over the years. He's running wild at this all-night block party, trying to score interviews left and right for his online series, Celestials of New York. But no one's about it. Everyone's busy celebrating the arrival of the Crown Dreamer, a faint constellation against the dark sky, which is hanging around for most of this month and, the, and then goes back to sleep for another 67 years. No one really knows how far back Celestials have existed or how they first received their powers, but all signs throughout history point to their connection with the stars, like maybe their eldest ancestors fell out of the sky. Whatever the truth is, constellations are always a major event for them. I'm going to stop again. Okay, so we do know where we are. We're in New York, which now we've gone from an unrelatable, uncertain setting to something more relatable. Don't know if it's New York City. I mean, that might be a safe assumption on this at this point, if it's an all-night block party, but it could be elsewhere in the state. Don't know that yet. Um, but we know these teens are out and about doing a lot out and about on their own. So that's why it sounds like Emil has taken on something of a caretaker role compared to Brighton and that they do not always see eye to eye, which is why Emil is saying that if they're wonder if we're actually twins. Okay. It's, it's a unique contrast part of me being the working writer i am looking at this part of me would be like you know it would have been nice to just kind of see them interact and see that they don't really get along as opposed to being told they don't always get along i'm not a fan of telling over showing not a fan but i do see dialogue coming up on the third page so we should be getting an interaction soon okay Plus, we got another important bit of exposition, but it's just in one paragraph. It didn't, it wasn't a big info dump. It was just Emil wondering about how, you know, what it is about Celestials 
and constellations, why these are a big deal. Okay, all right. That's important information. And now we're back to what's going on. Let's continue. It's good to see Celestials parting for a change. The only time I see gatherings like this lately is to protest the acts of violence and injustice, injustice against them, which have doubled in the last nine months. Being gay isn't rainbows and sunshine all the time, but ever since the blackout, the worst attack New York has seen in my lifetime, people have been treating Celestials like terrorists. Tonight reminds me of when I attended my first Pride Parade. I was out to family and friends, and all was good there, but I couldn't pretend there wasn't still a knot in my stomach from wondering if strangers would be cool with my heart. Reading minds would have come in handy. During the parade, I felt relief and security and happiness and hope, all tied up like an indestructible rope that bound us together. I breathed easy around strangers for the first time. I wonder how many Celestials are taking that breath tonight. Okay. So that's another couple pretty heavy paragraphs there. And the dialogue is coming up in a second. But we also are getting a big drop about our protagonist, about who he is. Okay, so he is gay. Doesn't mention Brighton being gay. So this is another, this could be a source of some more issues between brothers. You know, that's a big difference there for them. Um, we are also getting a little bit of world building history, which separates the New York he is living in with the New York we know. So the blackout, the worst attack New York has seen in my lifetime. Now, granted, this sounds heavily like 9-11, especially when they say that people have been treating celestials like terrorists. And I, I don't doubt that Silvera is taking that as a bit of commentary, a bit of inspiration, and that is understandable. Many of us have looked at events in our world, in our histories, and used those as inspirations for writing fiction. So this is fine. I have no problem with that at all. Um, I'm hoping that there will be some more because touching on it briefly in one paragraph, as a reader, I want to hear more about it. As a writer, I'm already thinking, well, how long are you going to hold off before you actually explain something like this? Because that's a big bit of world building. So I'm hoping that in the pages to come, Silvera is giving us more information about this without seeing this is the danger with something like this when you drop it this early, but it's just a foreshadowing. I'm, I'm hoping this isn't just going to end up being another big information dump later. We got the taste of it now to get dumped on later, but because we got a taste, we'll be more okay with an info dump later, if that makes sense. But I'm really worried about that because this, from what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing with this party, I mean, there's something going on and we're getting so little, little of present day action right now. I'm just really hoping that whatever exposition he needs to provide about the relations between celestials and people, 
and how this world works isn't going to keep interrupting the present action. Because then I'm going to feel like I'm reading a history book and not an, a, a novel with movement. All right, let's keep trying. Brighton is standing behind his tripod, capturing footage of his people course through the tents before angling his camera toward the massive and flickering crowned figure in the sky. Everything is changing tomorrow. I can feel it, Brighton says. People are going to want to film us, too. Yeah, maybe. Brighton is quiet long enough for it to be awkward. You never believe me. Just watch. Well, maybe this is the year we let it go, I say. You, you got a lot to be excited about already with college in a new city next week and your series and... People can gain powers on their 18th birthdays, Brighton interrupts. Yeah, in books and movies. Which are all based on Celestials, who've historically come into their powers when they turned 18. Yeah, how rare is that? Rare makes it unlikely, not impossible. Brighton's always got to win an argument, so I shut up. I'm not trying to fight while we ring in our birthday. Problem is, he doesn't recognize silence as a white flag. The timing is perfect, Emil. The crown dreamer is elevating every celestial's power. And if we have even a flicker of gleam craft in us from Abuelita, 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 my apologies, Abuelita, it might ignite into something greater. I just, I sense it already. You sense it. This another psychic prank? Brighton shakes his head and laughs. Yeah, good times, but nah. I'm serious. I can't explain it, but it's this tightening feeling in my blood and bones. Let's bet $20 on this blood and bones feeling. It's easy cash to buy another graphic novel. Bet. We fist bump and whistle our signature move. Brighton's had his eye on this rooftop, rooftop rave, and we get in line as more people are being led into the brownstone. We're behind two women who are wearing the half capes that are customary to Celestials. I fight back an epic cringe as I remember how up until two years ago, we owned some for fun. Completely clueless as to how sacred the capes are until our best friend, Prudencia, explained the traditions. I quickly donated ours to a local shelter. Once the women are let in, we go up the stoop, but this low-key bouncer blocks the door. Celestials only, he says. Well, that's us, Brighton says. The brown of the man's eyes is swallowed by glowing galaxies for a few moments. Okay. Alright, the telltale sign of every celestial. Prove it. Brighton pointlessly stares back, as if his eyes will swirl with stars and comets if he tries hard enough. Sorry to bother you. I drag Brighton down the steps, laughing. You thought you could lie about having powers like your eyes or some fake ID. Brighton ignores me and points to a fire escape. Let's sneak up, get some exclusive footage. What? No, dude, it's a party. Who's going to care about that? Might be a ritual. It's not our business. I'm not going up there. He detaches the camera from the tripod. Okay. I check the time on my phone. It's our birthday in 15 minutes. Let's just hang. 
Brighton stares at the rooftop. Give me five minutes. This could be good for Coney. That's his, his video series. I sit on the curb with this tripod. I can't control you. Five minutes, Brighton says again as he climbs the fire escape. And stop slouching! Not everyone cares about stiff posture or toned muscles. Some of us cam camouflage our scrawny bodies and baggy shirts and slouch, just waiting for the day when we can fold into ourselves and vanish completely. And I'll stop there, because we're running a little low on time. Uh, let's see if there's something else. Um... So it's fun to see the interaction of the brothers. I kind of wish we would have had that like right away, because <laughs> uh, you can you can definitely sense a chemistry there, and a little bit of conflict because that's that's just how brothers can be. Um. So let's. You know, we don't have time for me to finish this chapter off, but this chapter does end with there is a spell walker chasing someone past Emil. And it's dangerous because they're starting to use magic and apparently there's some blood stealing going on. Ooh. Okay, this sound, yeah. Let me just, you're stealing blood from creatures to hook yourselves up with powers just because you weren't born a celestial is a heartbreaking crime. Regular fire casting is scary enough, but we're not about to hang around here if this specter is burning up with phoenix fire. I'm about to drag Brighton away, but I'm haunted by that glint in his eye. We know damn well how risky it is for someone to consume creature blood. Specters trade their lives for power. And I pray my brother never mistakes this tragedy for a miracle. Ooh, so we have one brother so ambitious that he would love to get powers that the other is worried now. Emil's getting worried that Brighton's going to do something really stupid to be able to get what he wants, which is such a relatable boy thing, brother thing, and soul thing. I mean, so many of us whatever gender we are, the ambition when we want something so badly, we are willing to do something horrible to get it. That's, that's something we can all connect to. So I am, I admit, I am intrigued by Infinity Sun. Part of me, Part of me is a little uncertain about the, because at one point there's a page talking about Instagram posts. And so I just, in those first, in that first chapter too, that's why I was trying to skip. And it's like, uh. so there's this part of me that's like, I, I don't know if I, how much I dig the urban setting for this story, but it's not a reason to turn it down. I, I like this idea of, you know, adulthood is when you are able to achieve maybe powers you may or may not have. You do not know, but it's a regular accepted thing. But there's also the same group of people 
is looked down upon by society at large because of a mysterious, what sounds like a terrible piece of history in that blackout. So I'm interested, um, a little wary about all the telling going on, but there's, there is movement still in this chapter ended on movement and that's, that's a good sign. So I might keep sipping, take, take another look at a couple more chapters and, and see what I think. Um, if this sounds like something that would intrigue you because of these protagonists or this situation or the relationships, uh, maybe you'd want to keep sipping as well. But no matter what you do, I hope you continue to read or at least seek out the stories that matter to you and all that you care about. And I am very thankful some of you have sent some recommendations for stories, so I may use July as a chance to catch up on your recommendations. I'm kind of excited about that. So until next week, read on, share on, and write on, my friends. Cheers. <laughs>